it's down in the den. So go tell a friend. The best podcast on earth is about to begin. We got jokes and news and movie reviews. After Dark NC-17 with the crew. Interviews with the best artists around. So like, comment, subscribe. The show starting right now. Let's go. Like, comment, subscribe. The show starting right now. Welcome to Down in the Den. It's your boy, Mars. I am back again with another stellar episode. And today, I've said it before and I've said it again, our guests, we just keep going up levels and levels. I'm finding diamonds here. And this gentleman, this musician, keyword musician, is truly a diamond. He's not even in the rough. He's polished. He's ready to go. Wordsmith, welcome to the show. How are you doing, brother? Man, I'm good, especially after that introduction right there, boys. I appreciate it, my man. But no, oh, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much. Now, uh, the den, we're all about discovering the people that we feel 20, 30 years from now are going to be here, really making waves and really designing the industry. And I believe you're one of those cats. So, you know, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Uh, you get that Artist of the Week title, and I'm ready to have some fun and dig into it. How about yourself? Let's go. Let's do it. Absolutely. So everyone that watches this show, they know I'm a big nerd. I grew up collecting comic books and reading comic books all day and watching the X-Men cartoon in the 90s and and everything Marvel. And one thing that I've always noticed, every hero has an origin story, be it a radioactive bug bite, be it, you know, some gamma radiation, whatever it may be. It's an origin story to take them to the hero that they are today. So, Wordsmith, what's your origin story? How did you get into the music game? How did you become the artist that you are today? Oh, man, I didn't know I was going to be the artist I became today, to be honest, man. You know, growing up, you know, Baltimore City's my home. I've been over out here over 20 years living out here. Uh, my kids go to school out here. I engage in my community heavy out here. But a lot of people don't know I was actually born in Germany. So I kicked off my life in Frankfurt, Germany. My pops was in the army 27 years and we just happened to be stationed over there when I was born. So I actually got to live over there twice and I just discovered hip hop in Germany, believe it or not. The second time I was in Germany uh, was between age eight to I think 10 years old, I want to say. And one of the kids that went to my school, he would just have these tapes and tapes of hip hop. You know what I mean? And I'm talking about just shoe boxes of hip hop. And of course, Curious, and he always would be playing it. So he would start letting my brother and I borrow one or two tapes at a time. And that's how I started, you know, knowing about the hip hop culture, because I wasn't in America when it started to break, you know, really started to break. Knew about some of the artists, but living in Germany between those three years, between eight to 10, we would get magazines a year old. So a magazine in America, we would get that issue a year later. So it'd be mad old. The album had already dropped, been out maybe a year. And then even in what's called a PX, which is basically like the malls or any type of shopping center, if you know military uh, right. style, it's PX. We would get tapes, you know, when they could set tapes, by the way. We would get cassette tapes in there, you know, I would say six months after the project already had been out and we would just be getting it brand new, fresh, you know, off the press. So everything was real behind. But uh, I started building my love for hip hop, man, in Germany and overseas. And so when we came back to America, I was just ready to get really involved in the culture. 
used to use my VHS tapes and pretty much every Saturday, yo, and TV raps, the box, I mean, stacks of VHS tape, you're just recording these shows, getting engraved in the culture, having my favorite artists and groups. But honestly, never thought I would do hip hop. It wasn't really until we got stationed in Georgia and a couple of my friends forced me to spit, forced me to basically, if I wanted to remain friends with them, they pretty much was like, yo, you gotta spit, you gotta write. And they unlocked my talent, you know, to be honest. they I didn't know I had, I would say, musical talent. I loved music, I loved hip hop, but it took an urging of friends or it took, you know, an ultimatum to, uh, to a degree for me to, you know, find my talent. So that's kind of a lesson that I, I learned out of that was you don't always see your path. You know, sometimes you need that outside perspective or sometimes you need tough love. Sometimes you need someone to kind of urge you on a little bit to go, hey, I see something in you. And it's up to you at that point in time to recognize that. So, you know, thank you to my boys back in uh, Georgia, uh, Richmond Hill, Georgia, by the way. And that's kind of my origin story as far as, you know, my love for hip hop and how I kind of got started, but just much more, as you know. Well, salute to the gentleman in Georgia and the PS yeah. in Germany, because without that, we wouldn't be having the great music that you are putting out today that we get to enjoy. So salute to all of those uh, ladies and gents back there. And uh, it, I always find it interesting, especially with hip hop, because I'm a hip hop historian. I love hip hop. Uh, your story for your discovery is interesting because we i'm from the south you're from baltimore i'm from virginia so that dmv area you probably know There's a little bit of difference so you go from baltimore to dc and you get to virginia and then you start getting southern to virginia and you're like oh you're south south uh, but for me i was introduced i have a, a i had a brother who's 10 years older than me so when I was nine, he was 19. So he was giving me music I had no busy li business listening to. And I always joke, when other kids my age were singing Wheels in the Bus, I was singing NWA because I was just inundated with that. So it's a very, very interesting story. So uh, we always uh, talk about background. And you mentioned discovering that music kind of late. Who is your Mount Rushmore? Who are the four that you think are the pinnacle that just really inspire you, influence you? Who's your Mount Rushmore? Uh, number one is Redman, without a doubt. I would say uh, next is EPMD. Um, after that, DOS Effects. And I would say the last group, man, would be a Tribe Called Quest. Those wow. are, yeah, those are my favorites growing up. I like so many. I have a very big uh, tape collection of hip hop to this day. But uh, those are the four that I think influenced me the most. If I could jump in a five, it'd be Public Enemy just because, you know, I love to have a message in my music. And they are the ones who really taught me that you can have a message, but still be commercial viable to the masses. You know what I mean? And so that's what I strive to do with my music today is walk that middle line of this is something you can bob your head to, but in those moments when you ain't trying to bob your head and you might be want to zone out and gain some knowledge, you can gain knowledge from my records at the same time. That's beautiful. And uh, let me tell you, that might be the best Mount Rushmore. We're about 75 episodes in. Uh, <laughs> and that's probably the best Mount Rushmore I've heard just overall in music. So uh, that, that makes sense why you are the artist that you are. So uh, tell me about it. Walk me through your process. When you're inspired to make music, um, it's always interesting to me because I've heard some people, oh, it just comes to me. 
you know, the music just comes to me or someone say, I watched a movie and I was influenced. What What's it like for you? Is it an energy? Is it something, is it, you know, where you just 15 minutes and the song's done? Or is it something where you're like, I've been working on this project for six months to get this song right, this bar right. Lyrically, it seems like you take a lot of time. What, what What's the process like? Well, I'm going to surprise you. Yeah, definitely. I don't take a long time to do my albums. The album that's coming out, it's actually been done since I would say June of 2020. It's just kind of been sitting because I've been busy. And <laughs> to be honest with you, so my uh, my process, man, is I don't write throwaway music. Um, and to let me explain that is when I settle down and I go, OK, I want to do an album. One, all my albums are concept albums. So if you go all the way back and kind of look at my history releases, the raw concept albums about life. And you can literally follow my albums from my beginning to what I'm about to drop uh, with my latest album, Bittersweet. And it just literally tells a day in a life that continues, you know, our day in a life as we evolve as people, as societies evolve, it's all embedded in my music. And as far as my creative process, when I say I don't do any throwaway music, once I know my concept, you know, for example, with this bittersweet album, I want to deliver a musical album where it, you know, basically reflects the emotions uh, that we go through every day. We have very bitter moments within a day. And then five minutes later, you could have a very sweet moment where you're like, man, I totally forgot that I lost my job because this X and X happened or I got offered a better job or, you know, you anything can happen in a day to give us that ebb and flow. And so this album has an ebb and flow to it. You get a real gritty, kind of dark opening record, kind of like my opening single with Bitter, which opens up the album. And then the next record is sweet, but you'll see with this record, it's more uplifting, makes you feel good, make you want to dance, and just talks about the celebration of life. You know, as you go th get out of that bitter bitterness and releasing that hate and just saying, hey, I'm coming to peace with things, let's celebrate life. And that's how you'll see the difference. And throughout this project, you get that back and forth of, angry a little bit i'm sad a little bit but hey i'm coming out of it now this is the other side and so again i'm never going to anything going i'm making 50 100 songs i'll be hearing about artists having 300 songs for an album and i go man that's a lot of wasted time and a lot of wasted music you know i i write for what's needed and the reason why i said too on the time side I do so much writing for TV, films, and games. I do a lot of collaborative projects. I write for a lot of other artists. I have my work with the symphony orchestra. I run my nonprofit, so my hands are in a lot. And so it's not about me rushing, trying to get to the front and going, hey, let me drop another album. It's gotta have a purpose behind it for me, you know, to drop an album, uh, whether it's a timely thing or it's working alongside of what's going on in society today. Creative wise, I create very organic. I used to write everything down. I still have my stacks and notepads from just early on in my years of all my dope rhymes. But as I went along and uh, my life got continued to get more busy, I wouldn't always be able to grab a pen or a pad. So I started kind of just creating four bar segments in my mind. And I would just create my 16 bars and my 12 bar verses. And I would know them uh, within a day, you know, just going in four bar segments, creating them. My verses, my bridges, things like that. I either make them up when I'm at the mic when I'm in the moment, going through the emotion of it, or I'll kind of have pieces of it or kind of have an idea of where I want to go with the, I would say, melody or the tone of my voice for that particular hook in that vid or that bridge. But 
I love organic creation because I found when I was writing everything down, I would stick to it like sheet music with orchestra. Wow. But when I only had bits and pieces or nothing really, and I'm just up there creating, that's when I've been writing my best music, to be honest, because I might come up with a different idea in the midst of it and go, nah, I like this better. Or I might listen to it back the next day and go, nah, I want to change this. You know, whereas when I would write it down, I would lock it in my mind mentally and not give my, myself space to be even more creative. That's a, that's a beautiful answer. And, and you're so right. I find having an idea and then letting things grow organically is always going to be the best way. You know, come in there with an idea, come in there with a plan, but also leave room for creativity because it grows in the room. Now, circle back. Your music, I, I really dig it. And it's for me. I'm 40 years old. So, my it, man, 40 Club. Yes, sir. So, <laughs> I'm from that generation of lyrics message music all three um and unfortunately and hip-hop is my heart but and there's still good hip-hop you're an example of that I, i'll never say hip-hop is dead. there's plenty of good hip-hop you just have to find it because unfortunately <laughs> you feel not to get pushed to the forefront and then we get the you know, which is fine. There's a time and place for everything. I am I'm not uh, pooping on any artist at all. Um, but I'm noticing your music. I was listening to Progressions, your last album that came out in, uh, sure. in August, early August. Love it, love it, love it. And a lot of positivity in there. You talked about your nonprofit, and I, I noticed that you had a. Tell a little bit about that because I love when we have artists at all. So giving back, um, if you tell the teammates a little bit about your nonprofit. Uh, definitely. What led me to my nonprofit is basically just going through my journey, you know, through music, some of my struggles, tribulations, my trials, and wanting to see other artists not go through that. But also uh, living here in Baltimore City, it's a very tough city to live in, just like a couple other cities like Detroit, Chicago, to name a few. Wow. And so you really got to have people in the community that are ready to take action and not wait on City Hall or wait on government or politics, to put it that way and blunt. And so with Rise With The Purpose, you know, I've been blessed myself to tour a lot, go to a lot of different countries and do big concerts, intimate concerts, workshops, classes. And my biggest struggle to do all these things has been in my own city. And so just think about that. I've gotten funding to go to Africa three times, Israel, Lithuania, crazy countries. But barely got funding to do much of anything in my own city. You know, here and there, I'll be able to go to a Baltimore City school and they literally would have to scrape the money together just to bring me in. Not that I want to charge them, but I'm trying to bring in a full band, teach classes, do a oh, concert. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm trying to do more than these kids ever get inside of a school in a four hour block period for four different grades, each getting hour segments. So you're trying to do a lot in a small amount of time and hoping it'll impact someone to go go home to their mom and dad or whatever the family structure is and say, hey, I want to leave, learn drum now. I This guy came to the school. I don't even care if you remember my name, but this guy came to the school and, yo, I want to learn drum now. Or I want to learn songwriting now just because of that one day. And so I opened up Rise With A Purpose uh, back in July 2020 when pandemic was still very heavy. But I just said, hey, what better time to do it when we are in a pandemic and a lot is lost. And so one of the first things I did was I um, partnered up with a wellness company called doTERRA, 
and I did a match campaign with them and I'm on my way to open up a full-time music school out here in Baltimore City that are not just be here in the city but will be broadcasting around the world because I just have a lot of colleagues a lot of kids that are that need this music school it would do a lot for them and so we ended up raising over thirty thousand dollars in our first round of seating we just had another small fundraiser with uh ellen and tucker which is an accountant firm out here in baltimore they raised a thousand thirty for us and now in some talks with a couple architecture companies out here in the city to find a building for the music school so the nonprofit has been open a little over a year and done heavy fundraising already have a homeless event that i'm doing on saturday for my media community and so as you can see you know i'm just trying to exhaust my soul to be honest while i'm here on earth it's get as much out of my body get as much out of my talent my skill anything i need to continue to learn i'm trying to get as much out of that so when i you know i'm old i don't have no regrets i'm not laying in some bed bed somewhere just going man i wish i did this and that or i wish i was more blunt or stepped out there man or spoke up I'm doing all that right now. I love that. I love that. Uh, our most recent episode, we interviewed a gentleman who goes out and he teaches uh, companies and, and youth um, and troubled youth uh, from Detroit all about purpose versus abandoned purpose. And, and I think that what you're talking about is just that. And music has saved so many lives over, you know, the centuries. It, it, I tell people when people say, oh, why is music so important to you? And I tell people, do you think the slaves could have made it in the fields without music? Case in point. Do you oh, think man. we could have made it through Reconstruction, make it through Jim Wright, Jim Crow, and make it through everything we did, especially us as a people, without music? And we created all of American music, us. Yeah. So I find it like when people are oh, music, no, yes, I'm a music snob. Damn it. Yes, I am. I'm proud because <laughs> music to me is like religion. You know what I mean? I take it very seriously. So hearing that is, is very, very uh, inspiring. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, you touched on such a good point, though, Mars, of of um, just during the slave times of them using music to get by, but also using music to put messages in it to relate. Almost like a letter, you know what I mean? And just think about back in the day. Yeah, some songs were, you know, the government, you know, unfortunately, they try to press down and suppress just because they didn't want those messages out. It was no different than silencing you in the streets when you're trying to open your voice, you know, back in that time. So even to today, I think we both agree on Mars that it, we don't dislike a lot of these artists today. We just wish they would be more conscious of of society. We're not saying you got to talk about, hey, you know, protest this or that or be in every song, but you got to touch on some of those topics in the black community. You're from the black community. So you shouldn't just always your message is let's get drunk. Let's get high. Let's smash chicks. Believe me, we all want to do that. But sure, there's a time it's it's a time and place for that. I don't want to hear 20 songs of that. You feel me on your album? Give me some variety. You know what I mean? Give me some of that. And then your next song, talk about something that I can go, yo, I've been through that. I can really relate with that right there. So that's what we, you know, we ask. And that's why I love that you said that, that to this day is part of our duty as just being black men. And if you do any type of music, you got to take that time to put messages out to the world. 
speak on what's going on in the black community and justice that's going on at times, how we need to be, you know, more positive, how we can push society, you know, forward, how we can work with the cops, whatever your, your side of your voice is, and you're a musician, you need to be using it at times. And that's what I'm saying, key at times to speak up and tell your audience, this is what's going on. Let's have this discussion. Absolutely. And I always say, if Marvin Gaye can do Let's Get It On and What's <laughs> Going On, <laughs> we, 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 we can all, those songs are blueprint. blueprint. But yes, but the blueprint. You, absolutely. You can be both. We're not monolithic. You could talk about, yeah. hey, I smoked a little, had a blast, partied out, <laughs> you know, and then after the party, I went and rebuilt my community. So it, it's perfect. It's a perfect yes, definition. I, I love it. I love it. Now, um, I've seen some of your videos and you are an excellent stage performer. So I've seen you performing with orchestras and symphonies and it's, it's, it's super dope. And I know it's been great. We've had a ton of artists who love the stage in this last year with not really being able to go out. It's just been crushing on their soul. Have you been able to get out any over this last pandemic? And, you know, have you been missing it? What's that feeling like to you? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm one of the blessed artists, you know, just, you know, being honest, I probably didn't do any shows for maybe four months. But during that time, I was more just gauging what was kind of going on in the industry, how other artists were approaching things. You know, I, I saw artists doing things out of their home and giving effort, you know, and trying to still entertain. But I kept saying to myself, well, man, you know, I'm a musician, I'm an entertainer. How can I be more creative with this and, and still give audiences uh, a real concert feel? And so before I would go on my tours, I would go up to this professional studio in Delaware. And that's where I would rehearse. And I would rehearse up there because they have a full-blown stage. They would give me a full light show. I could run my full show, like literally a full concert with nobody there. So I said to myself, I would do this before I would go on tour anyway, you know what I mean? I would practice like almost like a full, you know, a regular show. So I approached them and I said, hey, you know, if I can work out some, you know, some concerts, some even some workshops with some of my international colleagues and even some of my, you know, colleagues here in the US, could you host me at your studio? And they was down, you know? And so during, I would say starting in October, 2020, I started doing a run of concerts, workshops, classes, uh, ranging from Panama to Tunisia to Tanzania to Ukraine. I just did Portugal uh, two weeks ago. I got Russia and Germany coming up. Normally, I would go to these countries and do, you know, concerts. I would do workshops. I would visit disability centers, orphanages, homeless centers, you name it. And I'm still trying to do that product by doing my concerts, doing my big workshops, like I do a real dope hip hop history workshop that's real interactive. And I broadcast this out of a professional studio. So it's great video, it's great audio. The class sessions I do from home, uh, similar to kind of how we doing right now on the podcast. And those are just kind of intimate sessions, you know, where I'm not on some stage, I'm right here, I'm talking to the kids. And I always give them assignment where they have to work together to create a business or they have to create eight bars of a song or they have to create a section of a performance. So all the classes I do are very interactive. And that was my thing. I was just taking literally the four months to get the money, you know, get that funding to come in, but also just devising how I'm going to present this. And literally after I did that first concert, man, I got offers right after that. And I've been running nonstop ever since, to be honest. So. My advice, I would just say to artists, is you weren't doing anything wrong. 
I said, I would just say the only thing you could do better is you just weren't being as creative as you can be, you know, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. We're, we are creators, you know, and so I just encourage you and challenge you that even during this time where we can't have an audience still, how can you do something spectacular? How can you do something creative on a virtual tip that no other artist is doing or has thought of yet? This is a competitive industry, so we still should be competing there. Wise words and necessity brings ingenuity. And, yeah. and that, that is very smart. That's something that us as a people, we've always done. I, I always say, you know, a black guy created the cotton gin. <laughs> we were tired. <laughs> we were tired of getting our fingers messed up. You know, it, it breeds ingenuity. That that is that is awesome. So Wordsmith, we're gonna have a little fun. Normally, we know we do the song association things, but when I have a true lyricist, when I have a true MC, I'm not gonna tell you the words. Those are yours. <laughs> Your words, Smith. Those are yours. If you wish, and only if you wish, if you can give the den mates a few bars or just, or just something uh, to just show them your level of expertise. Sure, sure. Lord, ah uh, man, let me see. Yo, check it. I need a moment to unload. If you're feeling me, saying I'm an outcast and you don't want a remedy, hoping that a change, but I'm feeling like an enemy, feeling like it's prison and I'm dealing with the penalty. I know the system never will and never had my back. I know the fear that I see has got me off track. I tell the people that I'm here and then they say I'm whack. That's a 90s style, the 90s words. So let me run that back. They told me Mars got me here and I'm on the mic. They told me my skinny jeans was right, but it wasn't tight. I'm from the 90s, kid. I like them baggy still. And if I got my drink, it's only half filled. And if I got a blunt, I like it smoking. I get my drinks chill. Forget the ice. But yo, Mars, tell these cats I'm extra nice. This is when you got bars and you got words. I'm a true lyricist and I heard you heard. And you just a herb and you got slick words. But yo cats, I'm from Baltimore City, it's the hood, this ain't the burbs I'm spitting in your camera, you know it's feel <laughs> I just gotta keep it real, I ain't talking about chains The only reason I got this is because I got two kids and they mean the most to me And that's a real thing See, this first one is for my man King, the second one's for my man Zeke That's my two sons and I keep it real <laughs> And I keep it magnifique and so unique So Mars, I'm about to end this real close and keep this in, in your face <laughs> Mars, right now, Wordsmith is in your place Freestyle. Let's go. Woo! I wish I had a lighter. Why did I bring a lighter? I'm going to edit that in later. Just more fire, more fire, more fire. I don't have a lighter. Thanks for the, the platform, too, though. Thank yeah, you. Sir. No, thank you for coming, man. That is magnificent. That is magnificent. Lyrics, ladies and gentlemen, off the cuff. This wasn't prepared. Uh, we didn't rehearse. We didn't do anything. <laughs> One stumble. So, this is my advice. I'm not a musician. However, if you can't do at least that level, which you probably can't, don't freestyle. Don't just, just <laughs> tell people, hey, I, you know, you got to pay for it. I don't want to hear any more mumbles and nimmy, 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 you know, believe that <laughs> Sesame Street or Barney or one of those. But uh, that was fantastic. Wordsmith, thank My you man. so much for joining me. Uh, the floor is yours. Tell the people where they can find you, your social media. Anything you have uh, coming up that you want the people to know about, it's on you. Definitely. Thanks a lot, too, Mars, by the way. You can sure. check me out on my official website, wordsmithmusic.com. If you want to check out my label and my team, I got some really dope artists, uh, not just American artists, but international artists. You can go to newrevcamp.com. 
on my socials. Just look up Wordsmith, except for IG, look up Wordsmith Music. And other than that, my new album called Bittersweet drops on September 17th. The first single, Bitter, is out right now. I just dropped the video yesterday for it. So look it up, check it out. It's on Vivo, YouTube. So go check it out, drop some comments, send some love, follow me, all that good stuff, and show my man Mars some love. That's it. Yes, sir. And Bitter is out. I just listened to it on a title earlier today. It's fire. Uh, his past work everywhere. You stream music. Please check it out. Please support. This is the art that we need, and we need artists like Wordsmith around, period. So please support. Support the website. Support his artists. Wordsmith, uh, Wordsmith, I love to have you back on. Maybe bring in some of your artists, and, and we'll make it a thing. Uh, you're always welcome. You get your official stamp. It's something we do. So the official stamp, then mate, that means yes, you're sir. good for life. Um, <laughs> whenever you want to come on, we have a floor for you. It's always yours. But as always, thank you again for joining me here on Down in the Den. It's your boy Mars checking out. And as always, deuces. So like, comment, subscribe. The show's starting right now. Let's go. Like, comment, subscribe. The show's starting right now.